0: This week's episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audio tapes or film rules that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the Rant Room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States, don't forget to mention The Screenwriters Rent Room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com. I'm gonna
1: say what I feel and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the room.
2: Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. and You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody what, what, what time time for time forever. 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 Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of up. <laughs> it's all right.
3: It's all right.
2: <laughs> y'all know how i it is on the Rant Room, on this show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting stories, craft, and shit like that. Today we got the whole Wu Tang clan in the house. Minus it. <laughs> but I just texted her. She she might try to squeeze on it. she get it. Oh, okay, She's on cool. in- yeah.
3: yeah. All right now. Um
2: but anyway we got everybody in the house today. Lisa Bolakaja, the original yes. L Boogie. What's up, girl?
3: Yes, I have been doing nothing. It's been a rough couple of weeks since I, since your happy birthday. Happy birthday, Hilliard. Yeah, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, and all that stuff. But you know, just reading a lot of books and stuff like that. I have my this new one. I've been wanting to read this for a while. Um, it's the Surfers uh, Year in the California. So it's about because you know I love surfing. So I've been reading a bunch of surfers books since I can't go to the beach. But this is a book about. I was guys. today
4: years old when I learned yeah. about your surfing fit.
3: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's awesome. But it's like um, this guy went up and down the coast of California and it's about his year up and down the coast. And I, I've been reading this book about Kelly Slater, who I was like in love with in the 90s. And he's still out there surfing, doing it. And, you know, just reading that surfer books and watching a lot of surfer, just kind of like meditative and, you know, just wishing I could just kind of be out there, you know, just, you know. And, you know, watching roller skating videos from, like, Chicago style, it's black <laughs> folks. So people know, it's, there's a very specificness I'm talking about uh, here. It's black people roller skating, but it's, like, the different styles from Chicago to New York yeah. or down south. And <clears> it's <throat> like, damn it, I just want to go to the roller rink. And it's like, because, you know, we got, <laughs> I think we have, what is it, Roller World or something in L.A.? Yep. It's like, man, if we didn't have COVID, I would so be there just to go see, yeah, like, just still, the styles yeah. and, you know, just be out was there. I
5: no! No, what it's still it? a whole culture. No,
3: you oh, I know. want to see
5: that pilot written by Hilliard and Colt <laughs> oh, no, Chicago versus like I want to see uh, that. Below. Oh, the, just the so styles.
2: On, <laughs> a bring so it different. on version. Yes! Oh, my
3: just
2: God.
3: Just yeah. the different styles. I feel like there hasn't really been a definitive, like, roller skating mu- movie. I mean, they had the Bow Wow one a couple years ago from Atlanta and all that stuff. But there's just something about the culture... And I guess reminiscing about, oh, yeah, when well, I'm used to go roller skating. And But I think what it is, I'm kind of missing people a little bit. Mm. You know, the kind of camaraderie. Like, I don't like people all that much. But I do enjoy watching them on YouTube doing their human stuff. People so. like you.
4: <laughs> I, I've spoken to the people <laughs> and they like you.
3: I can only take people in increments because the introvert in me is like, okay, you're you're driving me nuts. But every now and then, I like to be around humans. Every now and then, so you know, just watching a lot of like surf stuff, roller skating, and just you know, just trying to be meditative and you know, and avoiding social media, everything. Like I've been offline and just not not focusing on anything, just trying to keep my peace of mind because it's just been really. Really rough It's rough. You're you're like Paul. Y'all just be jumping off. Don't tell nobody. No, I do. (laughs) Like, like I have my other. Like everybody knows. I joke about this, but I seriously do. Like I have a couple of other burner accounts, and there's one that I use. That's just I don't really make comments. It's just for me to jump on and kind of see what the new stuff is like that I can handle, and kind of cultivate stuff that I want to see. Because you know you can mute stuff and all that. But like the last two weeks, like I have been offline. Like period. Like I don't even want to deal with people
5: at all <laughs> <laughs> and I have been social distancing for years
3: Paul our time has come <laughs>
5: <laughs> right. I'm gonna need
3: y'all to stay over there about eight <laughs> when we go back to normal that's just gonna be my new Normal, it's like, oh, you know what? This is just muscle memory. I'm gonna need y'all eight feet, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm gonna be totally covered up all the time. Like, I don't want to look at you people, but I I have to be here. So,
2: (laughs) so then we got Chris Derek
3: in the house. What's up, Chris? How you been hanging, man? Looking all contemplative there, Chris. Had your little hand on your chin, reading something or something. (gasps) He's got the sunlight sunlight behind him, the good lighting. Yeah. Hey, I am a director. I know how wait, to set it Wait, up. wait, you know wait, wait, on. wait! Clear, clear. and he's I- and he's leaning. Leaning kind of right so we can get that good oh, yeah. angle. Yeah. You, you, know,
5: you know, Derek had stand ins and everything and spent an hour lighting That isn't even Chris, that's, that's a stunt right.
4: double. That's if you wow. see him lift the cup, it's a, a right. stunt I double.
3: Just a just a right. juver- I I nothing, nothing in that cup. The right man, the man. <laughs> yeah. and 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 nothing, in ain't nothing inside that mug either. You just stunting
5: over there. <laughs> yeah. He's got a twenty k um, blasting in right there on <laughs> <day.
3: laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, um, him. You, you know. So on Friday, my my brother got this. Um, he got the like the new. He's he rented the the beta version of the Red Komodo. I and saw like, that. I, 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 it what the is that? It, it looks crazy. It was this super small camera. It's really live. The thing that that you know that a lot of people don't realize is is this is the first big cinema camera that does it. It shoots in this thing called global shutter, which is essentially, you know, like with, with the shutter, it's moving, it's like it's on or it's off. The entire sensor is on or it's off. So it's a lot, it captures images the same way that film does. Before, almost all of the cameras, it's like, it's like each, each row of pixels has yeah. to be turned on and turned off, you, you know, like as, as it goes down the, the whole sensor chain. And it kind of wow. makes there's interesting artifacts in, you know, like when there's movement, when you move the camera, move somebody. So it's really fascinating to do that. It's really fucking small. Um, which is like crazy. It just reminds I was, you know, I was reading the interview the other day because they're coming out with a director's cut of Godfather Three. Why and,
3: and
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's six hours long. We
3: Just don't let, listen, it go, Francis. Let, let it go, go. Francis. We, we don't, we Francis. don't acknowledge. We Francis. in this house, <laughs> well, we this, in this house, you made two that. movies,
4: Francis. You made two <laughs> movies. I don't know what that third bullshit is, but well, that no, ain't no yes. movie. Well, so, we don't so, we,
0: that. So he was talking about, I guess, like three <laughs> years ago
3: at the con. Film don't film make film. us suffer, Chris. Don't make us Chris. suffer.
4: Don't even take the bullet for us. No, 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 no one no, needs to see this.
3: No but, no, but, no, but here's the thing. No, but
0: he's, he's talking... There's two things about it. He's talking about it because he always wanted to recut that and recut um, The Cotton Club. And The Cotton Club got recut and came out, like, last December. And it's, like, 15 minutes shorter, and it has some scenes. It, it, has, it has, has a lot of the, the black performances that they were, like... Too many black people in this movie The Cotton Club were taken out before... And oh, it's really?
3: Really, really, really uh, how are you, you, you going to call a movie Cotton Club and not have black people in it? <laughs> That's oh, a Robert
0: Evans.
2: Because it was a white yeah. <laughs>
3: sandwich? Yeah, just just <laughs> called it Cotton and been yeah, done I with like it, it. Like, Richard
5: you know, Deere Star <laughs> in a movie about the Cotton Club. <laughs> 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 so, but
3: but
0: the, the, Here's the fascinating thing, though, was that he was looked at as fucking crazy as shit at the 79 Oscars when he presented The, the Deer Hunter. He got up there and he said, "Oh, what's going to happen is in the future there's going to be these movie camp, like actual movie cameras are are going to fit in our hand, and you know. people get people are going to make these awesome films, right. and and all this bullshit that we think about the film industry is is, is going to be you know just completely democratized." He's that a was- madman. He's, yeah. a- <laughs> he's a heretic. He's saying this in seventy nine, but right. uh, but th- this camera, this camera is like the size of like an old like a mini D V camera from sure. like from like two thousand so wow. twenty years ago. And it it's looked really, like a game it's, it's like ago.
2: a little little brick, a little game yeah, boy. It looks like a
0: yeah, cube like, with a with a
2: with a lens stuck on it.
0: Right. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So so there's so, so we so we we're doing some tests with that the last couple of days. That's cool. Um I've been reading a lot. Like, like Lisa. There's a book. I'm reading a book now. It's it's so fascinating. It's called Black Wave it is all about how the muslim world got taken over by the fundamentalists and oh, it's really fucking fascinating because it the woman points out that that the calendar there was a, there was a year period from 1979 to the end of 1980 which basically set up the stage for how fucked we are now because
2: <laughs> it's it's
0: fascinating no, no, because she points out that in 1979 that was the year of the Iranian Revolution, and in, in 1979, there was the there was this siege of Mecca, which actually make the dopest movie possible if you could actually, you know. I mean, like, that's a great
3: title for a movie: "The Siege mm-hmm. of yeah, Mecca." Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going. Look, look, Do it. Look, it's, it's, it's the story I
0: read about before because um, there was the, uh, the the reason why Marion Barry is like a like became mayor is. At, at around that same time, the uh, uh, Palestinians took took hostage situation in D.C. and Ma- Marion Barry, he like he was the hostage negotiator that brought that down.
2: Oh but, really? Okay. So
0: see, yeah, and, and and that's why he became a big figure in D.C. So so that's around that same
3: and time. And that's not a and that's not a movie.
0: What? That, that's at least I, a limited series or something. a Limited series. Um. So, so, there's that. Yeah, the final
3: crawl
4: has not as a crackhead. So you got to go <laughs> yeah, all the exactly. way to the end. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: So, 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 also in '79 is the uh, is the takeover in um, uh, Pakistan. You know, it's pushed Pakistan to its limits. It's and within that same calendar year the, is, the, is the is Sadat getting killed. Um. So it's just fascinating. The 1979 just like set up all this crazy shit. With um uh with with the Islamic world, uh, so- and and
3: that's and that's when I had my boyfriend Ahmad Abdullah in 1979 because you know my stepdad was a member of the Nation of Islam, so during that time I was around a lot of Black Muslims, so that was really seriously. Cute. So, shout I out need- to Ahmad! Shout out to I Ahmad! Need a poster? <laughs> I need a poster?
4: Which that's Bola Kaja as the name of the film. Wow. Okay, and it's a biopic. Listen, and it'll be like Forrest <laughs> Gump. Beat the freaking Black Panthers. I t-
3: people laugh, but <laughs> I think about it now when i like, all this time I've had, like, I've been thinking about it. It's like, I have had a very fascinating life that would make an awesome movie because the liminal blackness that I have in terms of being black, but also being that type of black that likes very observant, almost like an archaeologist <laughs> of blackness. With their own culture, and I was going to—I was going to be an archaeologist until I got to be sixteen. I—I—I I, I met an archaeologist, a black one, and basically said, "Well, you know, archaeologists—it's not really the greatest thing because you know you're just going out trying to tell other people what their culture is and kind of being racist about it." And I was like, "Really?" And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I did not know, but like, okay. shoot, I was deep in." So it, the but, book, yes. the
4: book is yes. called Luminal Blackness. Yes, and film based on the book. Casa.
3: And it starts <laughs> It starts. The when I was almost drowned at three years old and that's how I got into my water world and it'll go through the, the surfing, it'll go through my American bandstand days, meeting Dick Gosh. Clark, it'll go through like all, like all the crazy, like the black, the when all the black stuff was happening in the 90s, the, just when I was meeting like Kwame Ture and public enemy at the bookstore, like I was meeting all the big great black folk coming through San Diego at the bookstore, and at the time, you know, when you're like 20, you don't realize like you realize, but you don't really realize the significance until you're sitting right now and you're going, holy shit I was, All like,
4: joking aside the book bookstore, bookstore, what year? This is
3: like in the early 90s, Pyramid Books early
4: 90s, San Diego bookstore yes, hot, hot black bookstore uh, clerk slash owner
3: and, and the store, the store was next door <laughs> to the fish market with the Nation of Islam. So the brothers would come in; they were trying to recruit me all the time.
4: <laughs> I, <I'm laughs> I was an honor- I, I-
3: honorary Muslim because they were I'm like, "Sister." A- but it's like, I, big rolls. Listen I, to me. I gotta eat pork ribs. I gotta eat bacon. Bean pies, I gotta get. I was eating the bean pies. I was eating them bean pies. So, so, you
5: <laughs> with, the tell five, that.
3: with the five percenters, I would
5: be in the member of Islam that. All that. So I need my pork ribs <laughs> and beans. Like, listen, pie.
3: listen. I was like, if y'all, <laughs> that's if y'all can, that's a chapter. That's a chapter. If
5: y'all, please. If y'all can
3: handle that's it and let me wear shorts and Birkenstocks, wow. I would be the <laughs> dopest Muslim y'all would see. But y'all don't. But y'all don't, don't, uh, y'all, you ain't got no Muslim short sets. You ain't got no uh, Muslim short sets. So it's not going like to work. It's not going like, to work for a sister like me. I'm sorry. So, anyway, Chris. And then we got, like a great And
2: so then we got Paul Gio, writer, producer himself. Yes. Paul, uh, how you doing, man? I knew you were sitting there patiently. Listen, our black posts just rant. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Paul is our honorary light skinned brother. Come on. Exactly. What exactly. oh, yeah, yeah. Bouillon <laughs> is French, but it's the Creole French. So, you know, that's the, that's the light-skinned side of the family.
5: I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> what's, up, what's up, Paul? How you doing, boss? I'm doing all right. It's, you know, as as is for everybody. It's been a absolute, you know, dumpster fire of a year. And, and personally... Uh, almost, and, I almost hate saying how you doing because it's a weird oh, thing. Yeah, but I'm, you know what? I'm doing great. I'm super positive and... Keeping the faith and uh, and just just typing.
2: Yeah. Your kids are looking great out there, killing <laughs> it still. Mm-hmm.
5: Golf boy, golf boys, okay. golf.
2: Boy. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Tiger Paws, what they call them. I see him. Yeah,
5: yes. <laughs> Melba started college last month. Crazy. Uh, uh, like, uh, she's, one uh, she's one of us. Oh, she's one of us. They turned- grown.
3: The grown people that's now. Wild, man. Uh,
0: that's uh, like 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 that's wild.
5: I know I don't even I don't let's move on. I don't want to talk about
0: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On that note <laughs> Jeff Dore. I mean writer, writer producer himself. What's going on, dog? Well, they just dropped our show Ghost. Everybody
4: seems yeah. to like it. Oh um, yes. and uh that plus COVID plus moving. Um that's right, you move. Cool. Yeah, you guys move well, we moved because uh, our neighborhood is filled with uh, millennials and idiots and idiot yeah. millennials. And they decided that it was the best time of year to start having house parties. Was yes.
3: yes, yeah. And yeah. They
4: never heard of a mask. They don't know what a mask is. That, why would you cover your face, this beautiful right. face? <laughs> right. So uh, me and my wife were like, well, these children are trying to die and we're trying to stay alive. Right. So time to go. go. Uh, but the hard thing was like, we basically had to figure out because i have underlying conditions so mm-hmm. didn't have movers so we basically she packed everything i put everything into our truck our, oh our, my god and moved a lot of work back and forth it took us a month to move month and two days to move mm-hmm. wow um, and then we're still in that box unpacking phase at the new place mm-hmm. but this this neighborhood's all like families and shit. so yeah and and not and so partly also, people are more stacked up on each other. I like a little bit more chaos in my city life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, and she likes a little bit more neighborhoody. So we sort of split the difference. And so, mm-hmm.
2: where you guys are now? Where, nice. Where we're about? Uh, nice.
4: Eight blocks west, but like from childhood to adulthood, it was literally like driving from childhood to adulthood. Uh, so much just 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 better situation all around. Right. Um, once yeah. It's- once we settle in it'll just be a nice place and once this freaking virus at least gets a leash on its neck mm-hmm. people can come over to this place so right. um you know theoretically if we don't you know
2: so that's if, it if we don't if we don't pat the dog right or something like. no, no, <laughs> loves people the wait dog. you have a dog you have a dog oh yeah he's got a little spoiled right. dog we buy leg well, all day spoiled as fuck
3: i he's love dogs
4: yeah, he's great. Uh, <laughs> I have never actually owned a dog before. Um,
3: oh,
4: well, I have this I thing love, about pets. I love dogs. Uh, my this is very sad. Uh, my family's always had pets. My wife has had multiple pets, but the problem is pets die, and I can't take it. So right. just just the spill off from their pets dying has mm-hmm. been soul crushing. So to have your own pet, no thank you. And now here I am with my own pet.
3: What kind so, What well, kind of dog is it?
4: It's a uh, 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 what a King Charles.
5: Uh, a cocker Spaniel? A King, King Cogger Car- Spaniel? A King, please, King Charles. A, ter- a Terrier? A <laughs> King Charles Spaniel looks like a cocker Spaniel that got punched in the face. Oh, and they're would- adorable. Highness wow. will come in here. You better get that. I see that
3: Paul doesn't
0: like
5: dogs. That's interesting. <laughs> wow. Well,
3: well, well uh, if you ever need a, bo- a dog sitter in the near, in the future, when we're safe again, you go anywhere and need somebody to babysit. I am like a professional dog. No, seriously, I'm a professional dog sitter. Be careful so.
4: what you ask for.
3: <laughs> and, if your dog, and if your dog has medications or needs special, I do. No, seriously, I do all that stuff. Like my boss, like I've been taking care of people's dogs for the last 20 years. So I'm a pro at it. He's am a pro at it.
5: You think your dog's spoiled now? Have it spend a couple days with Bolakaja. It's gonna oh come. Oh my out.
3: god! We'll <laughs> be watching. will be watching Korea, Korean dramas and Korean zombie shows. Okay. We'll hey, you, three you, times you, was, a day. It was well, like, I, I, make, I make little snacks and stuff. When I have snacks, I make them little snacks that are healthy.
5: <laughs> I'm we a that. That's another show yeah. I want to see. Listen, a and a King Charles Spaniel watching Listen. Korean drama. Listen. He would do it. He would do it. I, would we, do were it. In,
4: we were in different rooms the other night. It was like nine o'clock. The house is dark. I think Susan's just taking a shower, and I'm doing whatever in the, in the study. And I hear this barking, all right? And uh, I thought they were in the room together. So I run in there like, what happened? Right. He's sitting on the bed and he's Watch like, the TV. no, there's no TV. He was just, I've had enough of you two. It's time for us all to go to bed now.
3: <laughs> oh, so he was basically right? telling y'all what was about to happen next. Now, What are
4: oh. you all doing? Oh, and it's a little we were okay. like,
3: are you high? This is not your house. You better get a grip.
4: He's like, I'm going to go to sleep. It's time for lights out. So Turn the saying, light off, damn it. Hilarious. <laughs> like, no, I said, your breed is King Charles. You are not actually King Charles. <laughs> like, <stop>. That's <laughs> what he's doing. He's like, what part of King do you matter? <laughs> what part King. of
3: King did you miss? <laughs> so, yeah. He's yeah, but I have papers and you don't. So, okay. so. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> funny. Hilarious. That's fucking funny.
4: So that's Uh it The same old life everybody else is living The same old bullshit Trying not to die (laughs) Basically basically, I haven't had human contact really Except even that's not really human contact Um, I haven't directly interacted With a human being Three months Mm. Like uh, Susan put me I keep saying Susan She didn't like me to say her name Um, Bleep her name out later Brenda, Uh, Brenda, uh,
3: Brenda that,
4: <laughs> that woman I'm married to, um, she kind of put me on lockdown earlier than everybody else because of her job. Sort of had her a little bit ahead of the, the wavefront. Right. Um, she was privy to certain informations, and she's like, "Oh boy, here we go! Tsunami's coming. Your ass doesn't get to leave the house now." Right. So wow. <laughs> your your underlying condition having ass doesn't get to leave the house. Damn. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's been there. It is, so-
0: man. There it is, your yeah. underlying
4: condition. Oh. Okay. One of them, turns out one of them is just being black. So, <laughs>
0: well, <of> course, <laughs> black there's always the thing about if you're black, you're going to get shot in the streets. Oh my hey, God. what are you doing, black
2: boy? Bam, bam, bam. So this hey, trip is this. this. Trip this. So, as you guys know, my birthday was, my birthday was last Saturday. I had my big kid this. It was beautiful. But I woke up super emotional. I was fine when I went to bed, but when I got up, I was super emotional because I realized that I made it to 50 as a black man. And I had—I thought about that when I was 40. Wow. I hadn't thought about it really until I was that age. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, some of you guys know I had open heart surgery. I did not know that, holy shit. If you see any of my photos with my shirt off, you see this big scar on my chest. And so, until I was 47, I almost never showed it ever, you know. And I turned 47 and we were in Scottsdale for my birthday. And I was sitting at the pool, no, we we're in Palm Springs. And I was sitting at the pool and I had my camera and I just did like this and took like a, a selfie shot of like just my chest up to my face. And I opened it up and looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, my body looks amazing. Like in my head. I, w- I looked past my scar, but I still remembered being the kid who was always teased about the Y on my chest. Mm. You know? So, for years, no matter, no matter how much I work out, to take care of myself. I, like, never like, I'd have anxiety if we were going to the beach, you know, getting ready to go, you know, or getting my body in the right shape so we can go to Hawaii or whatever. So, like, I always felt like the more, the more in shape I looked, the less people are looking at my scar. Aww. Mm-hmm. No, it's, I'm being 100%. With that's you. self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Yeah. That's that's some good deep
5: self-awareness, you know? But
2: it's also, and I tell Chris this a lot too, it's my insecurity that I had, but I use it in a positive. It's the reason why I take care of myself. You know, it's the reason why I eat the way I eat and, you know, and, and work out every day and whatever. And so my insecurity, I've turned into a positive. You know what I mean? Or some people... You know, yeah. choose choose to go there. Mine is to continue to work out because I'm insecure, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. So I've turned that negative into a positive. But I woke up on Saturday morning, literally bawling, thinking about that I made it. To yeah, yeah, it was a trip. No joke. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. So, anyway, on that note. If you guys are grown, let's get into the show. <laughs>
3: all right.
2: Wow. All right. Yeah. 20,
3: we here, we here we go. Here we
2: go.
3: It's left. been a minute. But you know what? It's been a minute. It's been two weeks. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it's good. been a minute since we've seen each other. So,
2: so Chris, do you want to talk
0: about the Oscars? I mean, I did. I don't know. It's just like, so, you know, you know <laughs> there's, there's new guidelines that have come out about you know, like, what films... Like, you you gotta meet these... There's, like, four categories, and you gotta meet two of the four to be considered for best picture. It's it's only changing the best picture. And, honestly, I think it's... I I, have to think it's in reaction to Green Book. Because Green Book was a movie that I, from just cursory looking at it, you know, wouldn't qualify today. Uh, I mean, in the, like in the new standards, because it's not just having. Do you standing, have that list
2: of what those standards are in front of you? Um,
0: you know, oh, it's so, comprehensive. It's it's yeah, very deep. Yeah. So so so, so like the, like the A category is there needs to be someone who's like like the it's who's on screen. There's got to be someone of who's in a substantial role, and, who is a woman, a person of color who might be LGBTQ um, or someone who has disabilities so and if it's a
2: green book would they have qualified for that category oh, then?
0: well no because yet, yet, well there's that yes but mm-hmm. yet they have two right and so the other one and and, and so the uh, so the B category is like everyone involved in like the, the, the behind the, the department heads and right. the producers and I kind of remember there was nobody and, I'm and sure. at, least, at least when I looked online, the name producers who could get the get the statue were all men it was written by a man it was directed by a man I believe the cinematographer was a man you know I, I think all the department heads like were men in that so mm-hmm. so so a movie like the Irishman you know which was actually like like had a female producer and um, and, and had a, a and had several female department heads that's a movie that that actually could have qualified for best picture because I think this the one for, like, the C category is is all the... Is there someone who works in, in like, in like the money? The financing and stuff like that has mm-hmm. to fall into that, you know, is there a woman, a mm-hmm. person of color, you know, different disabilities, or someone who falls in the LGBTQ community? And it's just, like, it's kind of fascinating to me because it's only for best picture. And I feel like that's kind of... Um, It's such a low bar, because if you look at the other categories where people can get nominated outside of acting, you know, and the whole thing about this is the Oscars so white because the spotlight is on who's being nominated for the the cast situation. To me, it's like, where's everyone else? You know, like honestly, I think there's only been like three black directors who've been nominated for, you know, for that. So there's maybe only three or four like black people. Who are in the directors' thing? Who could nominate someone to be, you know, for for you know? If you look at cinematographers, I think there's there's no one black who's been nominated. Like maybe Ernest Dickerson for Malcolm X, maybe, but that's one person, you oh, know. Right. Um, it, you know, yeah. I'm not sure if Bradford Young got nominated for for Selma. Now perhaps he's been invited in after the fact. Um, but if you go down the list of like you know the department has and stuff like that. There's so few people. I mean, but, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I was talking to someone, my friend today, she was telling me, I was like, "If you, there's a story that no one seems to want to talk about. If you go back to Gravity, I think, like, you know, like, so that's, like, six, seven years now, eight years now. I I, I would say uh, there's, like, five or six of the winners have been um, non-white men best director you know so active korean that you know uh you know the, the year before that was a mexican The year before that was a mexican um you know because because coron has got it twice and, and in our has got it twice it's, it's it's interesting thing that that's like a story that's not talked about in terms of like oscar's so white or, or or what's a diversity portion you know that goes down um because i think that 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 a lot of the conversation is is there anyone who is black who's able to get it, who's, who's able to crack the ceiling of, of, of like the various categories and stuff like that? Because my be sure if what's his name got nominated for Best Director. Um,
2: uh, well, we, we keep having Barry Jenkins, you know, when he does a movie, he's been lucky the last two times at least.
0: Yeah, but see, here's the thing that I've kind of noticed, right, is that they do a little trick where these black or these these black filmmakers will who, who might get nominated for... A directing thing, or they may or may not. But they'll get an original screenplay, and they'll win that because Spike Lee won that, and right. so did um, uh, so did Jordan Peele, and so did uh, Steve McQueen. And, it's like know, best supporting way. actor.
4: Yeah, right. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, and it's kind of like well, it's kind of like Steve McQueen. All of that he got screenplay, and the movie got best picture, but he didn't get best director. He should have got best. That's director, crazy. Yeah. You know, but but he didn't because there's just kind of. I mean, I, I. I mean, I've noticed this. You know, like a, a lot of times, in filmmakers who who do really outstanding work. That's that's a little. That's, that's a little left of center, are not going to get that nod for. They're not going to win the best director. They're going to get nominated because or, and and they'll get a screenplay, uh, afterwards because because I think that's what happened because because Barry Jenkins got the screenplay, but it's not just Black people. it's like 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 Spike Jones should have won for her. And he didn't, and but 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 he got the screenplay. That's when I kind of noticed it. I was like, oh wait a minute, he should have fucking won best director for that movie, and he didn't. And then I just I just kind of monitored that. But I noticed it a lot more like when when Jordan Peele was up, because everyone was like, oh he should get best director and blah blah blah, and he didn't get anything except for like the the best screenplay Oscar. And I kind of feel like that's like a good consolation for for filmmakers who who you know. Who, who won't get that award for whatever reason. You know? But it might just be because there's not enough black people and enough women who are in the body to vote for them,
5: you know? Well, but see, that's, that's, the, whole, that's the whole issue right there. And, it's, and I, I mean, I hate to burst anyone's bubble here or listening, but the Oscars, like the Emmys and the Golden Globes and everything, is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It means Thank nothing. You. It yeah. means nothing. And yeah. This, yeah. Like, these new guidelines to me is it's just making the problem worse because now you're opening up this whole thing to like, Oh, well that film should have got it, but they didn't have a, you know, trans person or this should have And it's, yeah. you know, when I hear somebody say like, Oh, that guy should have won or that mm-hmm. one art is subjective. And it the is. problem is it's like, it's like how people say like, you know, people are finally starting to realize, Oh, the system isn't broken. The system was designed like this from the beginning, 400 yeah. years ago. Right. The authors, like all the other ones, that it was designed wrong. You need the voting body to be black and white. Right. All this green goes away if you just change bed. the yeah. pattern. And right. then it will take care of itself. Right. So. It you don't have to make so. rules. You don't yeah, exactly. have to do anything. Exactly. You can't, you can't the add the guidelines they're adding now. Yeah. Well, it's so stupid because, again, that's just, well, you've got 74% of a white voting, you know, b- voting body that's white. And so now mm-hmm. they're looking and going, okay, I've got to find a Latina or I. <laughs> <laughs> they're
3: not
4: what? doing
5: that, by the way. They're not doing, they're doing right. any of that work. They're not well, no, doing any do that of that anymore. work. It. People, it breaks my heart that people care so much about the Oscars because when you, when you really get into it and you talk and you realize that, like, of the voting body every year, and, they, and they've done studies on this, and they've interviewed people, you know, anonymously, and, like, they say maybe 25% of the films and the, and the performances are actually watched. Yeah. Like, that, you know, if, if it's not a popular movie, they just get the list. Nobody watches all those screeners. That's Nobody right. goes, puts the work in that they're supposed to do. It, no one it's does. All no one does. No, they're just no. free movies that come, and you watch the movies. And you watch I mean, I mean, the movies you I mean, would yeah, going
0: to. Yeah. I mean like last year you know like that movie Ford Ferrari was mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies last year because it was just like it was great old-fashioned type of like like, like filmmaking and everything about it I thought was really great but that's a movie that probably 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 wouldn't get you know it wouldn't meet the guidelines like you know like going, going forward and that's kind of like what's fucked up about it you know and and what you're saying too and what you're saying Paul is absolutely true. In terms of like it's bullshit you know because it's it's, main, it's mainly just a marketing gimmick you know mainly that's yeah. all it is it's, it's a, literally that it's, it's a marketing gimmick because there's always that bounce of like the movies that win you know there's like there's an oscar bounce for the following weekend they'll get mm-hmm. spill out or they'll put it out and they'll get the an
4: salaries out. go up, the go go up you know? you know, to make as a director oh my god you wrote that movie what is your other movie steve clovis come right my yeah. harry potter <laughs> franchise <laughs> yeah the other thing about it is, and this has been driving me nuts, is that the there's very, I've noticed this, and I, I used to fob it off on millennials, but it isn't just millennials. It's lazy ass motherfuckers don't take your industry seriously. Okay. Like I make a Jaws reference, whether you whether you're young or old, whether you like that movie or not, you should know Jaws. It changed things for the industry you're I in, God, right? Well, what, what, you like Star Wars, so on. Well, let me get to the point. Back when cable started, I know, back in the days before cable was anything, before we had streamers, right? I'm old enough that I remember when HBO was a joke, when HBO was crap movies, yep. that you was on the cable. When like, it was home they, box office. When they literally called it home box office, mm-hmm. and it had four movies, and two of them starred, you know... Um, yeah. You'd know you watch The Thing or right. something
2: on there. or something. Right. At some point,
4: um, they realized that a lot of people were watching cable and they started making real shows, right? Yeah. I remember yeah. the first exodus of, uh, of comedy writers that... They split right down the middle. I'm going to stay on these networks because they're paying my bills and I'm making a lot of money. I'm going over here to HBO and these other networks because they let me do whatever the fuck I want. Like when I just said fuck right there, I can write a sitcom with that word in it over there.
2: Exactly. Right, right. see.
4: Right? And then about two years after that, they started making competitive or superior product over on cable. And there were news stories about it. But you know what they didn't get? Emmys. Why? Because it was felt on the original side, well, that's not fair. We, ha- we have to write PG, PG rated material right. or G material. They can go as far as a R R over there. That's not fair. And who's even watching the cable anyway, right? <laughs> the so cable. Years, right. Where these excellent shows were not even getting nominated, not even whether they won or not. They weren't even getting anything. You're not TV, you're cable. This is where the slogan, right. we're not TV, we're HBO. That's right. a fuck you. That is a gigantic yeah. fuck you. Okay. I, used have,
3: I used to have a t-shirt with that on there. <laughs>
4: they this All right, fine. We don't get Emmys? Watch this, motherfucker. They started doing the Cable Ace Awards. Mm-hmm. You know, watch the Cable Ace Awards? Everybody. You know who watched the Emmys? Nearly
0: nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well yeah. Well, 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 yeah, but yeah, but yeah,
4: because it's, well, it's, it's, it's content. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. The following year, no more Cable Ace Awards. But guess who's suddenly getting Emmy nominations? Right? All yep. these shows that yep. suddenly were being paid. Oh, what, what? what's this over here? We didn't know you were doing these. These are great shows. Come over to the Emmys. Bullshit. They had competition. Okay. They yeah. put the power foot down. Was, yep. Here's where the money is. Here's where the eyes are. Here's where the asses are in the seats. Right. The Oscars, A. it's a commercial. It's a commercial for the Hollywood mystique and it is a commercial for whatever movies, studios, the campaign of lobbying and all that shit that America doesn't even see out here. Right? The full page ads, dollar parties, the gifts that are sent around. If you ran a real political campaign that way, Mm -hmm. people would be going to prison right and left for their Oscar campaigns. That's right. They would be. What it is is a market. It's a fucking What? It's to sell the Hollywood mystique, one, and to bolster whatever movies the studios can get because, as you say, there's a bump at box office, and then down the line, everybody's salaries go up, and you get to put that, you get to put that trophy on the wall if you're an exec, right. right? To be the big dick at the parties, right? 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 Walking in the
3: door, <laughs>
4: dick. that's how you are if you get Oscars, right? But if these people had any sense, and it's the same problem in every, every aspect of media… You whine and bitch about the thing that's not inclusive. Make another thing, because if you're right, everyone will flock to your thing. If you're wrong, sit down or go back to the lab. But if you're right, it's the Cable Ace Awards. Everybody should be watching like the BET Awards or the Image Awards, Mm -hmm. not because they're black, but because the superior product is there. That the audience was going to see, where's my black Star Wars? I don't fucking know if y'all don't get off the pot, I'm going to fucking make it. But the point is, those things should be competitive enough, inclusive enough, no assholes, do it like this, so that one of two things happen. Either Oscars completely goes away, and who gives a shit, right? Oh, there used to be this thing called the Oscars. Oh, that's adorable, right? Or the thing that threatened the Oscars gets absorbed by the Oscars, and all that audience goes back to the Oscars. Instead, everybody wants to whine about this cosmetic bullshit. It's bullshit. It's, a, right. commercial. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a commercial. Like I said, it's,
0: it's, it's straight-up marketing, and it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. You know, it's interesting that, you know, what you were saying earlier about people don't know Lazy and they don't know Jaws. It's like, I've had a couple of conversations with people who are, like, millennials th- and about, about their knowledge about movies and TV, and they always say, well... You know, like that came out before I was around, blah blah. And I kind of <laughs> said to myself, so there are certain things that, that you know, that, that that came out before you were around. You know, like let's say the Deer Hunter, something that came out that, like, like before all of were around. But the Godfather, with that line, he, he, you know, take the cannoli, you know, like that line. That line has superseded the movie industry it's super it's 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 injected itself into pop culture the right. way that like he you know like here's looking at you kid has right. inje- is, is invaded pop culture father right. Young road has invaded pop culture go to so the mattresses it, yeah, it, it was mattress. new Freyto. Yeah. all of that so, yeah. so 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 there's things like that in all of these films that are pre 2000 films there aren't just pre-2000 films. What you're kind of telling me is everything that is before 2000, not just movies, but just the whole, the whole canon of literature and culture has got no value because it happened before you were aware it's not it
4: just millennials it's a cultural shift it's not i used to think it was just millennials it isn't people of my own age or closer around my age they have giant knowledge gaps and it's not like i'm some professor telling you to go and you know do your critical core studies i'm saying if i wanted to be a fucking sailor mm-hmm. i would learn about boats Right, Like, what? I want to know how boats work. Right. I might want to know a bit about how the ocean works since I'm going to be on it a lot. Right, <laughs> so, right.
5: I think right. that's all connected to, the, to technology to a certain extent, that it's, it's we, don't, we don't have to put any effort in anymore to learn anything. We have Google. We have Wikipedia. You know, my kids, like, they literally have the attitude, and I've also seen this in adults, even people my age, that grew up without it that are like, I don't need to go and learn because I have this 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 machine in my hand, this computer in my hand, and I can punch a few keys. And, oh, there's the cliff notes of 2020, you know, right. and people have no knowledge base. They, they don't look at the past like the past is the key to the present. And it, it just feels like it's all connected, that, that nobody feels a need to Gain knowledge or wisdom anymore because we don't have to because it's in our hand. Yep, for sure. Yep. For sure. It's, for sure. it's
2: funny. It's funny because I'm always, sometimes I watch kids, you know, wherever I'm, like I was, I, I was just out of town this weekend, I was watching some kids do some stuff on their little phones. I'm like envious of the things that they know how to do because I don't know how to do them. But I always go back to, but I'm so glad that I was born in 1970 because of the things that I know. You know the things that I've seen. You know, uh, uh, All in the Family is my favorite show ever because of the year I was born. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was happening in in the in the culture? You know right. all the things that we've seen. And I remember, I remember sitting on the couch and my dad would watch Mash. You know, and and why that was so important to him, and just to hear his laugh. <laughs> you know, and all that. So so, and and then I start thinking about just music and culture itself. You know, when I tell people today that you know '60s reggae and ska music is, is my favorite, they immediately go, "Oh, like no doubt."
4: No. <laughs> I'm like, no. Oh, no. "Oh, I can't, no. No, I can't, no. No. I can't fuck with you. No. I can't
2: fuck with you. No. You know what I mean? So I feel you." <laughs> no, no
4: doubts in the audience with you yeah, watching so the the real generation. stuff.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. God, yeah. yeah. No, it's I, again, it's
4: not about a youth thing. It's what Paul said, I think. It's the idea, and they've done studies about this in other areas where people used to have an encyclopedia number, number of phone numbers just in their head. Mm-hmm. Right? You could just call me up. Oh, I need to call Jeff. Boop, 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 Right? Can you do it now? I can't. Wow. Right? Now, even if you wanted to, you just say call Paul. Right. Right? So right? I don't, so, I don't know my girlfriend's phone number, honestly. I, know. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what anybody's phone number is right? Uh, I'm constantly making jokes about with my friend about those old Thomas guides that everybody used to have in their car. Those beautiful, beautiful, (laughs) functional, awesome maps of cities and regions that easy to read and made travel so much like it was insane. The people who came up with the Thomas guides were literally cartography geniuses because they simplified a process. Remember the old days, Paul, when you're yeah, or your ass pops, map you had maps, to uh, like, <laughs> we gotta pull over and stand on <laughs> the about They've been right, been right. The and these right, these <laughs> fold out things, right? And then the Thomas guys were like grids and it was genius, right? But you don't need them anymore. Your right. phone does it. Your phone tells you where to turn left. They tell you a stop line is approaching. A stop line is approaching. I can see. I know just in case Yeah. There's a stoplight.
2: Well, they, they, a, they tell you there's an accident. Yeah. <laughs> you
5: know, it's to, bring this, to bring this back into like the cinema of it all too. I, you know, I have this, it's not a debate. I just, I have a very minority opinion on, on newer filmmakers. Like, you know, I'm, I'm one of the very, very few people on the planet that, that feels Tarantino's incredibly overrated. And I, I, I uh, The reason is, is I look because this the, the generation, you know, they're like, oh, you're old. You Cosine. just watch old Cosine. filmmakers. And it's like, no, like the filmmakers who grew up reading books, and I mean reading fiction, and they had to create the images in their mind, they're inherently, in my opinion better filmmakers than the Tarantinos of it all who have just stared at other people's images that were created and, and never read a book in their life. And, and so then they just do something that's derivative of what's already come, but they put this fresh hip spin on it. So suddenly they're, they're an auteur and an original and somebody told me once, like, oh, well, what about Christopher Nolan? And I was like, well, have you read any interviews with Nolan? That guy talks about how he read constantly from the right. time he was eight years old until, you know, that all he devoured was fiction, not, wow. not videos and DVDs. And right. I, feel, I feel that's directly connected to, to me. I can tell when there's a filmmaker that's just like, oh, he's, you know, watched a 100,000 movies. Right, right. I think
4: right. there's a cut to well, the well, chase culture, right? It's it, Again, it's, it's, it's a technological, it speeds everything up. Everything gets sped up. And I know you've noticed this in pitch meetings or God forbid development, mm-hmm. where I remember I had a show that uh, got in development. Everybody loved the original pitch. Uh, there was a lot of money potentially behind it. It was a big sci-fi thing. It was going to be great, right? But I made the mistake of mentioning... They said, where is it going? Where, you know, where are these threads going to go? This is a great ending for season one, but where do you go from there? It's kind of big. They're like, oh, it's going to be Game of Thrones starting in season two. And immediately yeah. they were like, well, why don't we start season one in season two? Like, scrap season one and just start with the Game of Thrones. And I'm like, see, I shouldn't have said the phrase Game of Thrones in front of you right. people because mm-hmm. all you want is Game of Thrones now. But Game of Thrones came into the box with a built-in audience of its book it had yep. 10 years, 15 years of an audience already exactly. built. It had all it's this brands right, right. that could be used in its marketing. You guys never heard of this, but these thousands and thousands of people already love this thing. This would be just an original thing. Also, there's no history unless we build it in an original TV show. Right? Yeah. You have to actually build it. You can't allude to it. You can't unless the show is literally about, remember that thing we did in Vietnam? Somebody's killing off the squad. Unless that's the entire plot of the show, you have to actually build all those relationships. So the audience has to be there with you, right? But no, you had to cut to the chase. From their point of view, the money was in the Game of Thrones aspect of it. That show died. It never even got made, never got all the way, it never went to distance. I've noticed that uh, with people writing their scripts, when people are having discussions about In writers rooms i've noticed this it is cut to the chase cut to the chase cut to the chase and i'm like the thing you're cutting out is why people watch this shit Mm -hmm. right that that stuff you go oh well that that's too long or there's there's too much of that i'm like so you can what get to the fucking get to the shooting get to the car chase that i promise you that'll be a forgettable piece that'll be a movie that nobody talks about they may not even go see it they won't even tell their friends to go see it next week like even the stunts
0: you know no, no you're right because look I mean look this I've like, had this conversation with a friend of mine that I come back to with Paul about Tarantino and it's kind of like Tarantino's work is it, it's it's like true parody it is true parody and parody does not necessarily be funny but his stuff usually is funny because it's 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 a parody of something if you look at a filmmaker came came up sort of analogous to him is Paul Thomas Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson's films they actually are about people yeah. and they're about like 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 real emotions and things stuff. like that and that's, and that's the thing that, that tarantino's movies are they, there's no emotion to his stuff that's why it's parody I, like like mm-hmm. off the rip like you don't feel anything for anybody and they're not going through anything
4: they're mechanical you No, know?
0: yeah they they are you know i mean it doesn't matter if they got this amazing dialogue to spew out and they get to talk for four pages and shit like that it's still about nothing <laughs> that makes you say, "This is why I am watching this." You know, this is why I'm watching this as opposed to living life. You know, because it's like, okay, what, like, what, what about this? That's interesting. You know, yeah. um, going back to, it looks cool. It looks cool.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I'm, but yeah, that I'm, that that fades after a while. That's after that. It's like yeah. yeah. But did it make you feel anything? Did it resonate? Exactly, did you walk out the theater exactly. thinking that I can see the world in a different way because of this film? And you don't get that with Tarantino films. I mean, I enjoy them just for entertainment value when it used to be entertaining. But you know, I want yeah. something to resonate. I They're want to feel something. They're fastidious, right? They're yeah. clearly
4: pastatious. Exactly. Just, they depend exactly. on it. They depend on the film ignorance of the audience to a large degree. A huge uh, reservoir. Reservoir Dogs was a great, great movie in a lot of ways. But what was it? City on Fire? Yes, right? City on Fire, yeah. Uh, it was almost shot for shot. Like, there were many, many shots that, did you direct it or did you lift this shot? Like, I don't know if I count this as something you did because someone else already literally did this. It isn't even an homage. It isn't even, it's like I took a photo and Photoshopped your face these faces over guys doing this exact same thing by the way that technology is evil it, it's that, very, uh,
5: difficult, it's to very m- difficult to name a tarantino film that that isn't just based on a film that he saw you know you have the bride you have the model you have like every film is something that he saw It's like oh i want to do that yeah it's a past, He's a pastiche artist,
4: and there's there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't he's good at what he does. It. I don't think films should have to be deep. I think people can listen to these kind of sure. esoteric discussions and go, "Well, if it's not Sophie's Choice, it's bullshit." And I got to tell you, That's I've true, seen true. all of the Fast Five movies, baby. You mm-hmm. know why? Because those commercials tell you what you're going to get, right. and then when you go to the movie, you get exactly, literally, exactly what they told you you were going to get. So. I know what ride I'm signing up for. I think it's more a matter of just have to
5: just respect your craft. Just respect that people work. You know what? I'm fine. Like, I have no problem with somebody that honestly believes to, again, and I don't want to keep hammering on Tarantino, but just you, because we're talking about him. I don't have an issue with somebody that's like, Hey, I love Tarantino. And this is why if, if it's like what Harlan Ellison said, you're not entitled to your opinion. You're only entitled to your informed opinion. Yep. And if somebody has an informed opinion and they can say, yes, I know about the movies that came before. I know about City on Fire. I know about The Bride. And I know mm-hmm. about this. And I know about this part of the culture in the 70s. And I know about filmmaking, you know, the original series of films that were Django films. And, you know, and they still like Tarantino, then good on you. But every time or, you know, most of the time when I run into somebody that's this, you know, Tarantino disciple, they have absolutely no concept of what came before them. Or curiosity. Or curiosity.
3: curiosity. It's not even that they don't know. They have no curiosity.
4: curiosity. I remember when I first saw, there was a Time Magazine article, I think we were living overseas at the time when Indiana Jones came out, right? When Raiders of the Lost Ark, pardon me, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? And it was this weird sort of seminal movie because all these giant people have worked together on it, right, for the first time. So there's a Time Magazine article. And in the Time Magazine article, there are all these photos about the special effects and the and some of the things that you thought were miniatures and some of the, you know, they, you thought they were real but they were really miniatures and, you know, this is how they forced perspective to make it look like this thing was gigantic and I was like, well, these are old crap techniques from like B movies. Uh, they That's just stick it up but you know what it did? It made, I'm, I got this close to being a special effects artist mm. because it was so fascinating that I went down a, A fucking rabbit hole for two or three years how do they do all this shit how do they do all of this shit and then I would go back and like back when there was such a thing as VHS right where you would I would just rewind and look at shots I had no I didn't even know what the job title was I was a child but I was curious it made me curious because it was an aspect of something that I really liked movies that I'd never considered before kind of had a vague knowledge of stuntmen and women what they do right but like the whole idea of digging that trench and dragging the dragging the guy in the trench and then jack, jacking the camera the frame rate up or down to make it look like they were going none of that shit had ever occurred to me why would it right but as soon as i started learning a little bit then i wanted to know more and like what we were talking about before we started the size of film cameras how fast can the film move through literally how fast can the film move through the camera that's shooting how light can that be how, how stationary must it be each one of these innovations happened because of something like right. no world war ii no tiny cameras that's just right. right. one thing that's just one fucking thing right and in that there is probably a movie in the tiny cameras that came out of world war ii like, <laughs> right. if you think about it properly there's a story to tell just about that you know hedy fucking lamar who knew she was a fucking super genius (laughs) right why would you bother to look she was stunning and she lived before i was born she lived and died before i was born Mm -hmm. so like who cares well if you know the history of your industry you might care you yeah. might think of some shit that nobody ever thought of before. Exactly,
0: Ex- exactly, exactly. I mean, like this stuff. Won't, I mean, I mean, yes, you you can make derivative stuff, but you know, people always say, "Is it derivative or is it just a remix of something?" Because it's so, you know, you're not necessarily doing something original because there's too much. Too much history i to tell you things, but I think you know. And there's,
3: I just, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying a remix every now and then. I mean, I enjoy Beyonce's "Before I Let Go," but I'm still going to go back and hear the original maze because that's the shit, you know. And the same with films. There's films that are like, oh, this is a fun, you know, remix or mashing of some stuff, but I'm still going to go back and watch the 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 good shit, the masters, the the well, well, you well, know, well, the classics and stuff. Well,
0: yeah, but it's it's kind of like it's uh, to me, it's kind of like. Who has got the point of view to say, "I like this idea, but let me put my spin on it in a way that, is, that it's that is gonna feel like you've never seen it before"? And a great example of that is John Carpenter's *The Thing*. We talking about it all the time. Bro. But if you if you go back and watch the original one, it's yeah. such a different type of movie. Like the characters are different. It's the same story, but it's executed in a well, way that it's so fifties
4: paranoia, right? The, yeah. it's, it's all about fifties paranoia. And John Carpenter made a fucking horror movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Still about paranoia, but not about the commies are coming to get us paranoia. Right, right, <laughs>
0: so. right. It, it's, it's I mean, yeah, I mean you, you you have to have that kind of like vision to, to, to do to take material that you've seen. That's the thing, you know, like there's so many stories that you have seen. So so many people that that they have gone through something from whatever it is, but but it's kind of like, what is your point of view on it? As the right, yeah, who are you, right? Who are you? you? You know, to take something that we've seen and go, how do we do different? How, like how do different do, because because it's, it's really difficult to do something that that no one has seen before. You know, like you're I think like, well, shit. Why, well,
4: I, I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a boondoggle path that people should go down. I think Paul and I were geeking out on um, the Perry Mason show just mm-hmm. recently. The, yeah, Chris talks about it all the time. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the original Perry Mason show, they didn't need to call this show Perry Mason. They did mm-hmm. not need to call this new show Perry Mason. They could have no, called this John Smith or John Wick's grandfather. They could have called it anything <laughs> they wanted, right? But <clears> the <throat> other thing is they didn't do anything particularly innovative no right there was no new camera angles there was no like nobody should be getting any emmys for wardrobe i can look at pictures of the 1930s and go oh that's what they look like you know all of that shit right but it was beautiful work it was beautifully done it was beautifully written beautifully. that opened. opening shot in the pilot right. and yeah. the people who made that absolutely know their film fucking history there's no way they don't you can literally look at it and tell Mm-hmm. right and not that that enhances my viewing experiences because there are other movies that are like yes you know all the history this is the most boring fucking shit I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. but you, you couldn't if someone said to you reboot Perry Mason that's nothing like what I would have thought of right right. Uh, and i have working knowledge of the radio version of Perry Mason as well as the TV <laughs> <laughs> and I still would have never would have like Wow. And then they got it all the way around to him being a lawyer. I was like, okay, y'all stuck the fucking landing. Holy shit. This is some shit right here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But you have to know before you can do that. This idea that it must be new. It must be fresh. Like, you better go read some Shakespeare plays. You better go read some Kit Marlowe. Mm -hmm. You better. Right. Like, you're not going to recreate. You're not going to do anything new, new. Human beings do certain shit. We do like one of 10 things, all of us. And it's how are you recombining? You know, it's a difference between hip hop, right? Which is an art form and just cutting and pasting beats. And we all just go, oh, that's Frankie Beverly. Oh, that's Earth, Wind & Fire. Oh, like, and you just put them in a row. That's James Brown. Oh, that's James James Brown. Right. Like, I guess we get all your references. Who
5: are you? We understand all your references. Who are you? Well, that right. goes you know what, this this is this is really interesting to me what we're talking about because you know this being called the screenwriters rant room this goes right to what you all know is my my greatest rant in the world and, and these you know the, the gurus and stuff and like the the save the cat books and it's, it's teaching this, this generation now going on to a second generation of, of writers that are so homogenized and so sounding exactly alike because they're doing the inciting incident here. And this has to happen on page 40. And, and there, there is no voice. There is no originality. Or, or it's so rare. That's why when you do come across something that is fresh and original even if it's not perfect, you're like, "Holy shit, who's this person? You know who made this film who wrote this screenplay because it's it's so rare now because we just have this this culture of just paint by numbers yeah well no, uh, look, I mean, the last two features that I've
0: written that have got people to really pay attention to what I've been writing I've purposely said, I can't do." save the cat shit to make my shit work. So fuck it, it's out the window. I just have to now, since, you know, so I basically, well basically that's handrails for lazy people. Or newbies. Yeah, for newbies. And so okay. basically, if, if you know that you're going to say, fuck all that, you have the challenge of going, I got to keep it really exciting all the time. I gotta really keep it. I I I I gotta keep it exciting. Well, I fast. I, not faster, but I have to stay focused more because you're expecting something that's that's it's not going to be where you expect it. So therefore, if I'm going to go five pages past the page ten exciting incidents, well, guess what? For those five pages, I have to really be excited you know, or or innovative or something to you know, or oh, by moving forward five pages, you know, this. Feel so, uh, so that sometimes you lacking. Know, that that next gap where you're expecting something to be because you're like you've been told there's to be something here. i have got to do something to keep you like riveted. I mean, I like, think- look, 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 there's a movie that I saw that got so that got so overlooked because it was the year that Roma came out. Was this movie called the called Cold War? There's this Polish film about this guy who's. He's searching for folk folklore music in, in, in Poland, and he meets this girl, and he wants to defect to the West, and 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 had this weird love story. And I'm watching it, and I'm just like, this movie has got no structure to it. But I'm <laughs> but but I'm glued to every fucking scene because it's so intensely done. Like everything about it, like like like, like there's no first act break second none of that shit. But would you watch it? 'Cause you're captivating. And I was like, how did you even fucking do this? And then you saying, Well, you know, there's like a thirty page outline and I we just kinda of improvise and see I knew it was gonna be. Oh hard. my god. Oh wow. You know, and you know, but it's based but it's based on his mom and dad's actual story. So so he's able to tell everyone at every moment, I've got my overarching through line mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. I want this to do and ultimately if I can like, you know, keep you ex- keep you engaged the whole time then you'll just watch it because the thing that the thing that you hate uh, this is what the paul's saying about shouldn't homogenize it's, homogenized. it's uh, i say this is like if you can see the clockwork in any story you fucked up as the writer i agree I was, gonna, I was gonna make everybody
2: right i was gonna say this that like i stopped i stopped looking at what page i was on a couple of years ago and now I've learned because when I read a script I go by does it does it make me feel something right or does it have rise and fall am I am I going on a roller coaster ride so when I write I write from that place now I'm thinking about that and I'm like I don't even know where the end of the act break is but I know it feels right somewhere around here Right, you, because you, now, you got yeah, the rhythm of that rhythm Yeah because mm-hmm. we're coming up again to this moment that's kind of this cliffhanger Oh, on page forty, I didn't realize it's a little late. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but see, but
0: there's, there's also this thing I say to people: if you, I, I, the first thing that really kicked me off in of this was that I was reading Sorkin's Steve Jobs, right? And that script is 180 pages. Jesus. And, and I said to myself, "Good Lord!" I
4: say to "Somebody, myself, somebody needs an editor." No, no, <laughs> but
0: no, but No, oh, it's, it's not that. No, no. I said to myself, "I was
3: like, some, how did you make this Some movie? honest friends.
0: No, no, because like, here's the thing you read the script, you watch the movie, there's actually more scenes in the movie that are in the script. There's like some, wow. some weird ass shit. And then I was like, how does this even fucking work? And I remembered that there was a, that, that, that there was a, that in the Sony leak, the Sony hack, there were some emails about that movie and about why Amy Pascal didn't want to do it because she thought it was too long. And he said, no. If you say it, at, if you speak right. at the right pace, right. Right. this will fit within yep. the time frame. And they were yep. like, no, 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 it's not going to work. Blah, blah, blah. So he went and recorded the whole screenplay at the pace he thought it was going to be. And it came in at two hours, even though it was a 180-page script. And I said, well, well, well we know Sorkin makes you talk fast. Because yep. at that point, he'd already done... Newsroom and in and the West Wing, and all these of Everything.
4: People. 100% of his work is. You have to really, do it at that speed.
0: Really, really fast. It's like that with Social Network too. And I was like, okay, so that means that it's like the page count thing is 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 just a fuck all for people who who aren't real craftsmen. That's not That's true. Like, That's Don't know how to understand what, what Hilliard was saying, what Paul was saying about like just know the craft. Keep, you know like the, like those rise and falls. I mean, if you know, like that opening scene in in Social Network when Zuckerberg is talking? Like, Uh that scene is like eight pages. (laughs) He's talking for eight pages. But it's not like ten minutes of screen time. It's less than that. And then immediately, that's also the exciting incident. Like, as soon as she says, fuck you, and walks away, because what what, what happens next? He's like, I'm going to make Facebook. I got to tell you, I don't even (laughs)
4: think in these terms, guys. I, I would say it like this. Tell a story. Right? Right. Like, when you're sitting around telling a great story, you can tell when you're getting a little long-winded or Mm -hmm. when you're spinning off into a tangent that the other people in the room don't give a fuck about. Like, why are you telling me about the goldfish? I thought this was about the guy who shot that person.
2: You know?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Goldfish. No, fuck the goldfish. Get back on point. Right? But... It really comes down to basic storytelling. Uh, two things. Are, there are several forces that are at war here. One is the studio, corporation, business, they want to reduce everything to a formula for obvious reasons. It's not nefarious. The, the genius of Hollywood is the assembly line aspect of it, right? We figured a way to mass produce this particular thing, which used to be insane. Uh, do it at quality, do it at speed, and it has to follow these particular preordained patterns, mm-hmm. Right. You can literally, anyone could blueprint and set up a studio because it's basically a car manufacturing supply chain, right? But from the our side of it, from the creative side of it, you have these very nervous, very uh, aggressive, arty type people. And they need some kind of foothold because their egos are always in play. Not in the, I'm a giant brain, but more like, oh, please don't kill me. I just want to write my little stories, right? Um, so you hand them handrails at the beginning. Here is some structure. Here's how screenplays work. Here's how novels work. By page 140, this should have happened in your novel. By page 10, this should have happened in your screenplay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, pro- the problem happens where the structure of the bike is, is used in, ter- in lieu of riding the fucking bike. Right? Like, we're teaching you all that stuff so you understand how it works. We're not teaching it so you can build your own fucking car. Right. We're teaching you so you know how the car works that when you're driving it. You can drive it really well. Right. Mm -hmm. So that if you deviate, if, for instance, you're a good enough driver that you can take that curve on two wheels. Well, I'm not expecting everyone to be able to do that. And maybe the car isn't even designed to do that. But you wouldn't even know you could push those limits if you didn't know how the car worked. Right. right? So in (coughs) a way. With studios pushing down, because you know this, Paul. I guarantee you've had this thought of some kind. If they could figure a way to create an out-
5: okay, good. He froze up.
2: <laughs>
5: I mean, here's my here's my thing. What he's saying isn't necessarily wrong at all. It, it's it's the business, but what I think what he's talking about, and this is this is what I think fucks up so many aspiring professionals and people is it all goes back to what Hilliard said. The one sentence that was the most important thing, does it make me feel anything? And what happens is, yes, studio Hollywood is this machine of studios building cars and all that, but when you're writing your screenplay, the whole thing about, oh, it's gotta fit into the studio machine, that doesn't happen until after they have paid you to buy that from you, That's and so right. if you're writing something, if you're creating something in your little you know tiny apartment in Tarzana, and you're already thinking about, "Well, what's the budget going to be on this, and I 've got to make sure this and they do it like this, you know it, you're, you're doomed, and the reason that I, that I just shake my head at anyone who thinks "Save the Cat" has is, is worth anything at all there is and literally in that book, Blake Snyder points out why Stop or My Mom will Shoot is such a great screenplay and exactly. Memento is garbage. Yes, what? Is. He literally calls cool. out that Memento no. doesn't work no. at all as a screenplay. And no. I'm sitting there going, huh. So he sold one spec script. He got a couple of rewrite jobs after that. And one of them was Stop or My Mom will Shoot. Then he never fucking worked again. Chris <laughs> Nolan came out of the box with, hey, here's memento. <laughs> Anything that anyone's ever seen before. And I want to compare Nolan's bank account to what Snyder's was when he passed in oh nine. Because right there it tells you everything. If if this guy's literally writing Memento is a bad screenplay, Stopper My Mama Shoot is a perfect screenplay.
4: Done. Am I I'm back?
5: back? Am I back? You're back. You're back. All right.
4: you're back. Everything Paul just said is exactly right. I heard everything. I know y'all are glad I froze. Fuck you. But,
2: <laughs>
4: but the it's end of the whole back. thing is right. You're not supposed to do their work for them. You, you feel like it's a life preserver, these, these structural things, these here's how you do with things, these de- how-to manuals. They're all crap. What Paul said is exactly right. You're not supposed to serve the agenda of the company. You're supposed to make the best car you know how to make right? Yeah, you're supposed well, to make the car that's fun to drive, that you want to fucking drive, mm-hmm. that you want to hop in and feel like James Bond, or Starsky and fucking Hutch, like some people. Yes. Tucker. You got so, Yeah, you're supposed to be Tucker. All so, of you are supposed to be Tucker. All
0: the time. Here's the thing, right? A lot of times, I was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was on this panel for the, this movie I did a long time ago, and it was it won some award, and they went to do a Q&A, and there was a guy who had done screenwriting at AFI, and he was saying, and he was asking. It was all the directors on just doing a little Q and A. And he was like saying, "Who?" And he was asking. He was basically saying, "Like, like, so what's the shortcut to fucking writing a good screenplay?" Get out! Get out! I mean, Get he's out. basically asking that because he said, "You know at AFI?" When I asked the people about it, like, like they said, "Well, dude, just fucking read Poetics." You know, Aristotle Poetics. And and, and, and and he was like, "You know what?" I don't have time to read that because, uh, you know, the Greeks didn't, like, the Greeks didn't invent storytelling. And well, I had to stop, and, and so, like, <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, I just stopped stop and I said, dude, two things about poetics. One, you obviously haven't read it, so you can't talk about, like, what it is. Two, it was, it, like, it wasn't written as a manual. It's written, <laughs> as, like, it's written as, like, speaker notes right. for someone who's giving a lecture. So it might, it might, take five or six like readings to really kind of dissect what he's saying, but he's just telling you the tenets of what makes a story good. It's up to you to go, I got to put the ingredients in to make it good. But it's like, but so it's, 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 it's not even like, he's not even giving you these like the definitions of what shit is, but it's like, you understand why it's important to have a beginning and middle and an end when you tell a story mm-hmm. as opposed I'll, to, I'll, I just, I just have a beginning. You listen, I'm, I,
3: really I would have been, pick, I would have been picked up my purse and walked out. Yeah, Somebody says, you. "I don't have time to read." Like you're before left. you to yeah. finish that, you don't read. Re- listen, person, like, like, with the, the Viola Davis gif, that would be me picking up my purse. We're leaving. Get your stuff. <laughs> we are leaving. We're leaving like right now.
4: Basically saying, "I'm not a screenwriter." <laughs> I mean, the... I mean
3: look, look, look,
0: you're at AFI. You're paying what forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and you're like. <laughs> Where's the shortcut to screenwriting? There's no shortcut. What the there's, lo, lo, lo,
4: but you know what? It's lo, a basic lo, disrespect for the job, right? Because nobody's walking on a football field or up on a bandstand with a bunch of musicians and go, Okay, so I've never picked up a guitar before, so what's the quickest way for me to be prince? Nobody's <laughs> even trying to do that. Right? You even no. <laughs> somebody's
2: doing it though. Somebody's, somebody's doing, doing, doing it though. Do Somebody it. out there
4: somebody's doing it on YouTube. Exactly. Thing, and what but, they think but, about our job is, right?
0: There was, I'm, a post uh, that, there was a post that paul put on instagram the other day and he was like screenwriting doesn't get easier the more you it's like, he's a great thing about this and he was kind of like saying look this this is my wisdom if you get better at it the getting better is that you may be faster at doing certain things you may be better at doing character but if but once you get better at it then you got to raise the bar for yourself.'" Which means, that, which means that it's never getting easier. And if you think nope. it's going to get easy, you, you're, you, yeah. guess what? You you're put more pressure
2: on yourself, the better you get.
4: They are looking at the end. Yeah. Uh, look, you either wish to, how do I say this right? They want to have written, right? Yes. They want the film they to have people. They don't want to write. They want to the sell a screenplay. They want to go to the party they want to have the money they want to they want to nail the hot babe or the hot dude or both whatever their thing is right <laughs> um they want all of the accoutrement but they don't want to be the mechanic they don't want to be the engineer they don't want to be the architect because that's work right. and they feel like it's all tricks so and you know we've all met people like that
0: just oh tell god me, it's terrible just I, tell I, me the like, it's not a trick
4: there's no like, trick dude, to it it's so insulting that you ask me that. I want to put my fucking fist in your throat. Like, <laughs> you know what I
5: mean? Like, don't you Poe? Tell it straight.
4: It's bullshit. It's, everybody's asking me for the trick or the shortcut. is trying to get smacked. You I should know. watch the pain in my forehead start to throb. You should watch my neck get tense. Because every time you ask me that and you don't get slapped, that was me restraining myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, people work hard at this. It is an expert-level job like playing in the NBA is an expert level job that you would never think. Oh, you know what? Let me just put on my chucks and run out on there real quick, and I want to <laughs> hang with you. You don't think like that because you're not an idiot. Well, you're an idiot if you think this job is any different than that. All right, it is brutal. It is hard. It takes work, and it takes a respectable fucking craft. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who win a lottery. Right, but when you scratch those lottery wins, it's because some other agenda was going on. Either somebody, right. <laughs> somebody, or somebody was somebody's kid, or you came in with quote unquote the right idea at the right time and did not realize that the corporation who just gave you the lottery win already had a whole bunch of stuff planned up, and they just needed some rando to come in and go, "Hey, I want to pitch you," blah blah blah. Right, yeah. and then they give you a million dollars, and you think you're
2: a genius. Fuck here's, you and your. Genius. Here's the thing, though, Jeff. We're in an interesting time. I mean. When, when most of us started writing at least 20 years ago, I think all of us started writing at least that, and it was a different time. So there was, the competition has always been there. People always misunderstand that. They always think, oh, well, it's so much worse for now. It was bad then, but oh, it's great. And it was bad then because we are coming out of the 90s when everybody was selling $3 million scripts and shit. On and a shit. napkin. Every, Exactly. So everybody wanted that, right? from
5: so back fucked it up for all of us, right? Yeah. So
2: we forget that, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, and so, I'm I'm with you on that, Jeff. You know, I'm with you 100 percent on that, and I just think that that's just a fascinating thing that we're in that we're in a time where people always want to take the yellow big road, so to speak. They want to they want to be easy. You know, I can't tell you how many emails and calls I get from writers just asking me hey i know this is gonna sound weird but is there just like something that i could do that's just this thing and i'm like there's nothing no. they're like there's gotta be something they, they like, get mad they think you're withholding.
4: well not in your case maybe your people love you and they teach you sweetly but in my experience they get mad because they think you're withholding they're like yeah. oh you got the key and you're yeah. not handing the key off because you think you know you don't want and i'm like motherfucker this shit is hard it is hard it's but, hard every day. But, but, it's it, going to be it, hard every day.
0: There's that too, but there's also they think that you're holding the key and it's kind of like I don't know the key. I right. know what I do. I know right. what I do and it's from years of like going down wrong paths and then finally figuring out here's the right path exactly. for me. Right. and you exactly. and the, that's the whole point about the writing every day, the constantly challenging yourself because you don't know where it's gonna start, where someone's gonna click for you, and if I sit down and tell you why it clicks for me, it's different for why it clicks for you here. It's different I'm why familiar. it clicks for you, Paul. It's different why it, for you, Jeff. It's why it clicks for you, Lisa. Nobody's,
4: but nobody. It's not sexy. If Paul said if I wake up in the morning and I get an email from my friend writer Paul that is time stamped at three thirty in the morning that morning, <laughs> right, and it's like right. uh, this thing that nobody asked me to write and no one is paying me to write, and I'm breaking my head on it. So it's it's pre-dawn, uh, can you get a look at this sometime today or the next couple of days? Because I don't know what the hell's going on with this thing. Okay? That's not sexy. There's no movie in that. Right? There's no great story you're going to tell your people at some fucking commencement about that. That's just this something I must do and I'm doing my best at it and I can't tell right now and I need, I need some help. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's no story there. There's nobody to make a t-shirt out of that. Okay? There's nothing you're You're not telling that story in fucking David Letterman because there's no story right everybody who's looking for those shortcuts, they're looking at that end game only they want to cut to the chase I'm like there's no chase unless you're chasing something there's no chase without a jump off Dorothy has to be in the fucking tornado and smack in and kill that chick on the broom she has to kill someone the the beginning of the Wizard of Oz is a murder Okay, that is, a, <laughs> that is a that is a killer on the run movie. Don't ever get it twisted. The legal authority is trying to trap down a murderer. That is the story of the <laughs> Wizard of, <laughs> of Oz.
2: Okay,
3: oh and who God. does see...
2: Oh, that's so true, I know. Wait, wait, wait.
3: if I had some some grandkids, that's the story, that's the version, the narrative I would give them. But then she killed killed them, and they're after her. They're on the loose. Who is the legal authority? Oh my God. We could be the fucking (laughs) way.
4: Who does she employ? Aerial cops. (laughs) Who does Dorothy hook up with? Political dissidents.
3: Yes. And they become her accomplices. accomplices. Oh my God. Oh my God. A philosopher
4: who was literally left to rot in the woods and a lobotomized, what, teacher? The scarecrow? Okay? And she's a fucking murderer. Okay. From the witch's point of view, I'm just trying to enforce the law. You killed a queen, you need to get paid for that. All right? But the point is story isn't the chase the story is oh beautiful blah 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 blah. but you if you cut to the chase it's just a girl throwing water on an old lady at her house yeah right if you cut to the chase a woman is has a bucket of of dirty mop water and it melts her i i'm not watching that show i don't know what that even is
3: now you have, dis- hey Jeff, you have we- disillusioned me. You have disillusioned hey Jeff, me. We now. We
4: can't see you, by the way. Did you hit your button or something? Or what's uh, no. It's just probably my crappy um, connection. You just disappeared. Just- Am I back? Am I back? Am I, oh, I got oh, to go. jump off in four minutes anyway. No problem. All right. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the Wizard of Oz is a is a is- is a fugitive. story. Is a murderer on the run. A murderer on the run story. Now go back and watch that shit again and call your the uncle Jeff. Bro- <laughs> <laughs> someone should make that. Like,
3: someone should they? make animated. Someone should make the animated. Yeah. This fucking Doctor make Richard the- Kimble. Yeah. And yeah. Straight up garage. Yeah. Yes. yes. Make. make the animated version of that from that story viewpoint. Jeez. <laughs> That's all I see when I watch that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Plus music. <laughs> or somebody, or somebody does a sketch comedy show and just kind of go, you know, kind of like the kind of police reality show team, and just talk from that viewpoint. Yeah, she was, she was Look, that kind of bitch. Just cut
4: her the her at best, right? She's driving a vehicle. It kills the queen. The other regent says, "You need to pay for this." The problem is, there's no real good justice system in Oz. Mm-hmm. It's her whim. So I got to get the fuck out of Dodge. Who's going to help me? Political dissidents underground. Uh, philosophers. Wow. And the native people of the country.
2: Interesting. You did, that sounds like a, a right. <laughs> it's been done. It's called the Wizard of Fucking Oz. <laughs> no, I meant just from your perspective. It's funny. It's funny. My perspective? Go watch that movie and tell me it's not just what I said. That's my whole point. Is that you know it's just it's just fascinating. That's all. They just played um, it for the bad guys. That's all. Right. But who doesn't love flying monkeys? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go down the line really quick. You know, any last last things before we end, so that so Mister Mister Jeff can go pretending like he's moving and packing his house or something. You know, yeah, he's, he's got to
4: be
5: somewhere on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah.
2: He ain't got no job. He ain't doing nothing.
5: Uh, my, I little, my playwriting group requires my presence. I have fine. To. Call okay. Gill, Any last things? Um, it's good to be back. I have uh, not been on here in a long time. I missed all you people and, uh, and continue to miss you. So it's, uh, it's nice. Hopefully we can do more of these. For sure, for sure, yeah, right? yeah, Are you going to be in Tucson for a while or are you going back? I am. Uh, I'm here for a while. Yeah. I, once my kids got back into school, whatever that looks like, I came out here. Um, I got a mom out here who's not doing great and some family. Um, so I'm spending some time out here. I'll probably be out here the rest of the fall.
2: Oh, okay, gotcha. well, I'll probably see you at some point because I'll probably gotcha. be back in Scottsdale. I we can.
5: I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love that. I will pop up there in a heartbeat to see you. Right. How far is that? Like two hours? Not even. An hour and forty.
2: Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome.
5: You're
4: not flying anyplace, Elliot. You're driving. I drive. Okay.
2: Yeah,
5: we don't ever. I'm drive. flying.
4: No, no, Chris, no, you're not. You need to stop that.
2: <laughs> what are you
4: I'm to Morocco to, man. Underlying <laughs> condition. Underlying condition. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: been on my list for a minute. I'm gonna go. Please don't do that. You get you get some cheap price. There. You get some cheap prices now. I oh, know, <laughs> yeah. 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 not some tell me miles? I can use some sky miles and shit. But don't know. tell me
4: you're going. Just tell me after <laughs> you got back. I know. wait, I'm, 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 I'm looking wow. at my sky. I'm looking at my sky
3: miles. Going, man, if I would just go right now, exactly. I'd be living. No, it it hard. Up. Chris, Chris, it's hard. It's hard.
4: Chris, when you travel, I don't expect to hear from you for two weeks after your ass got back. I was just about
2: to say that. Okay. That was funny. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to
4: hear. I just got off the plane. I want you to be healthy two weeks after you got <laughs> off the plane. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I don't want to hear shit about travel plans. you're not. I know okay. you're
0: not kidding. I know you're not kidding, man. Okay.
2: So where you at, Paul, Paul Gio, working Uh for-
5: My only social media presence these days is Instagram, which uh, I'm at Paul, or not Paul, I'm at P.G.U.Y.O.T. Yes, sir.
2: What about you, Winterman Base? I mean, is that what it says? I need to fix
3: it. Yes.
2: I am. I'm in my same old
4: place, Thorn Identity, <laughs> everywhere. Thorn under slash identity on, on Twitter, on uh, all the grams everywhere. And if you can't find it, JeffreyThorne.com, one word.
2: Awesome. Chris, Derek, where you at?
0: <clears throat> I'm at a, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, but, I'm, but I'm not on that much <laughs>
2: anymore. Are you slowing down again?
0: I have to slow down, man. There's too much shit happening
2: right
4: now. <laughs> you got all traveling to do, apparently. You've been listening
2: to Uncle Paul over there, I see. <laughs> you, got these, you got all these
4: vacations to take in your planes.
2: Okay, okay, that's right. Okay. Okay. I need to get on this. You know, I got to get a fucking
0: Learjet so I can control
2: the air flow. Wow. <laughs> now, that, now you're talking.
3: Uh, Somebody
2: got to drive it, though. Okay. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah, that's right. okay. Lisa, Lisa, yeah. coach, yeah. Jam. where you at? What fresh hell is this on Twitter? But I'm not on there that much. Just yeah. (laughs) Well, you go through the world is the world is too much. It's like you know what? Let me go retire to my books and read my surfing stuff, and you know, just kind of chill and just watch a lot of like quality meditative stuff, cultural fun stuff that makes me happy. Mm
5: -hmm. Good mental health. Um, That's yes,
3: yes, yes. We're starting to talk a lot about that, even on the Black Committee. We're start
2: talk starting to talk about that. I mean, that's it's becoming a big big thing. We're really trying to encourage Black writers, men, male and female. If you need help, you need to you need to get it. You know, we need to get out of that culture that it's not not okay to go to a therapist and all yeah. that shit. This it's got to change. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show Screenwriters are on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Also, what else, Chris?
0: So you can support the show, which people need to be doing in this difficult time of the pandemic, at ScreenwritersRR.com. You can put some money on our Patreon page, which is something that Jeff does, which I appreciate. I am a subscriber. Paul's a subscriber. You know, everyone's a subscriber. Uh, We had a new subscriber Ryan Canty came on recently. Oh, Ryan, so, okay. So, so, shout, so shout out to him. Um, Good. You know, uh, there's T-shirts. There's uh, There'll be a new T-shirt to reflect the, reflect the new logo that we started sporting this this, this week. Um, yeah, so, you know, ScreenwritersR.com, and you'll find a bunch of cool shit.
2: For sure, for sure. <clears throat> so anyway, we're all over the place. Um, wherever you guys listen, Spotify iTunes, you know, Apple, Google Play, whatever the hell. Anyway, we're all over the place, so you guys can uh, tune in. So please share the show, retweet the show on Twitter and all that stuff. And um, good to see all you guys. I miss yes. you guys. Um, congrats on all the positive stuff coming up for all of you. Um, I got some good shit coming up, too. So Woo! it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Anyway. Yeah. Love it All right, y'all. Well, y'all all know right, how to in the man. right room. On the show, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what Wakanda, y'all. Ciao, Ch- people. Bye, guys. Bye bye.
3: bye. I'm gonna say what I feel,
1: and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rainbow.